It is fitting that the gospel reading for the last Sunday of Advent focuses on the Virgin Mary. Her yes to God was not only her consent to conceive God's Son, it was also a yes to perpetual service in her virginal state. I say this not simply as a Catholic. I came to understand this even when I was a Protestant. For that is what she meant when she said she was the douloi o kyrie, the slave of the Lord. She would offer the fullness of all her potential, her littleness, as what she is often referred to as saying, a handmaiden, but much more accurately, for a Jewish woman, she said she was a slave. Duloi in Kyrie, Yebed in Hebrew and in Aramaic. And not only was her life of service to be in this world, but because it's in perpetuity, it's in the next as well. Modern Christians make the serious mistake of underestimating the freedom that Mary had. In most of Protestant churches, Mary is really, she's respected, but for all practical purposes, she's a broodmare. She had no choice in the matter. She was going to conceive, and there you go, and that was her role. Finished, done, we're finished. She was conceived in her mother's womb without the stain of original sin, the new Eve who was by the singular grace restored to a perfect and just relationship with God was still human. And she had, therefore, what? Free will. Now, did God know that Mary would say yes? Of course God knew that. Just as God knows what you and I are going to do, what we're going to say, what we're going to choose. But his knowledge of what we're going to do, what we're going to say, what we're going to choose has no impact on our free will. How many here have little kids? Okay. Picture this. Rainy day. Snowy day. Kids are home from school. They're trapped in the house. They're going at each other's throats, and then suddenly it gets quiet. And you say, what are you doing? And they say, and you know they're up to no good. Does your knowledge that they're up to no good have any impact on their free will? Not one bit. When Mary received the message from the archangel Gabriel, she was hit with two burdens. First, she had to consider carefully what was being asked of her. She questions the archangel. She had to make either a response in faith, in trusting God to be faithful to her, or a response according to the limits of human logic and human understanding. Now, the old Eve used her free will to disobey God. Will the new Eve? Do the same. There are some of the ancient fathers of the church that held that the universe came to a standstill when Gabriel finished his message and waited for Mary's answer. The angels in heaven say these fathers of the church were silent. Why? There was no plan B. God had no other plan for your salvation or mine. 
Everything hinged on what Mary would say. And so even God had to wait for Mary's answer. Just as he waits for you and me to answer whether we will obey or disobey his will. Mary said yes. And we are told that Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Why the haste? Did she doubt the word of the archangel about Elizabeth's pregnancy? She proceeded in haste, not as one who had to see for herself the proof of what the archangel told her, but having made an act of trust in God, she went to rejoice with her kinswoman who was advanced in years and in need of help during her confinement. Mary had now become the servant of God by serving others. And just as the Ark of the Covenant in earlier times would be carried by priests, Mary, the Ark of the New Covenant, walked freely in the world, conveying the divine presence to the house of a priest, Zechariah, and his wife Elizabeth. And Elizabeth and her unborn child recognized and rejoiced in this divine presence. And Elizabeth said what to Mary? Blessed are you among women. And what did the archangel Gabriel say to her earlier? Blessed are you. Both the divine and the human proclaimed the truth about Mary. The gospel tells us in chapter 1, verse 56, that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for the remaining three months of Elizabeth's pregnancy and then returned to her home. Now, consider what her return trip might have been like. She was only in the first stage of the marriage contract with Joseph, what we call engagement, but under Jewish law, it was a marriage. She returned to her small village, noticeably pregnant. Do you think there was gossip in her small town? I, I know we don't gossip in Buffalo. I understand it's hard to conceive, but gossip spread. Joseph, understandably, wanted a divorce, but he wanted to do it quietly for Mary's sake because the pregnancy would have been viewed under the law as an act of adultery, and adultery was punishable by stoning to death. What was going through Mary's thoughts as she entered her village? How would she tell her parents what would she tell her parents? Would they believe her? Or would they kick her out of their home because she brought disgrace to her family? What would she tell Joseph? How would she tell him? Would he believe her? Mary had no control over anything or anyone outside of herself. All we know is, her yes to God was a profound act of trust in his providential love for her, for Joseph, her family, her people. As we get ready now to celebrate the Christmas Masses, sometime today, 
tomorrow. Ask yourself, what would have happened had Mary said no? There was no plan B. From the moment of the fall, God wanted this course of action. But even God had to wait for Mary's answer. And then ask, what happens when you and I say no to God's will for us? What does that do to our lives? How does that impact the lives of others?